0: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
1: Well, it's hot out here on the front porch this week, but welcome to our podcast. This is Off Leo's Rocker. I'm Alan Carpenter, joined today by senior writer Fred Owens. Hi there. We're just going to talk about Braves baseball a little bit here. We're we're actually a little bit late this week getting this recorded, and part of that's because we were both mesmerized by what Spencer Strider did on Thursday night, and and decided to blow off the <laughs> normal recording day. But uh, now with the the Nationals in town and the Braves up eight to two as we speak, this is time to do a podcast. We think so. Let's uh, talk about. First off, the All-Star game and the fact that the the voting is finally over. All the Chads are on the floor getting swept up, and Dansby Swanson didn't get his starting nod. He got aced out by Trey Turner of the Dodgers in a final vote situation. We do have one starter, and it's going to be Ronald Acuna Jr., but we got a whole bunch of guys that still... Finished close enough that I don't think Brian Sticker is going to be uh, able to resist sticking him on the roster as reserves or to the extent that he has the power to do so. I'm not even sure how the the, the method works anymore. What do you think, Fred? How, how's that going to work, and can he get all these guys in the lineup?
0: Well, I don't think he can get them all in, but, you know, I somebody tweeted tonight that Dansby was snubbed. Well, look, he got last I looked, he had 48% of the vote. When you've got 48% of the vote, you didn't get snubbed, all right? Turner beat Turner medium. Turner is a higher profile guy. He's in Los Angeles. I expected that when LA found out that Turner was behind that they would start getting on, getting the fans in it. I wanted Dansby to get it, but he certainly wasn't snubbed by any chance, by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know about getting anybody else in the group unless I expect you'd be able to take a picture along or two. I think Kyle Wright has earned it and he should probably be the first one of the bunch. I wouldn't take any of our relief pitchers. Darno was a second catcher. I don't know what they're going to do for a backup catcher, but if they take a backup catcher, it's Darno's because he was the second vote. And then um, Duvall doesn't deserve to go, but he was the fifth outfielder of the bunch. I expect Contreras to get the uh, DH nod, unless they because they they've announced today that Holes is going to go. So maybe uh, he's going to get the DH nod. Uh, to start the game or something, and then they'll take him out late. I don't know or put him in late, but I, I and I don't know how many pitchers the the used to be the manager got to pick some pitchers. You're going to have pitchers drop out of the list because they're pitched on Sunday or they pitched on Saturday or they they're injured or or their team doesn't want them to pitch. So yeah, I I expect Kyle Wright will get a nod. Strider would be a wonderful take. Uh, I this is the old school in me. I know why they want to see him. I like, I love watching him. He's certainly a draw. Kyle Wright's done more. Yeah. And, and, and I would, I would take Wright first. And I think him, I think that's, I'm, I'm, snick, I'm just about Snickers age. Well, actually, I'm older than him, but I think, I think <laughs> that's in his mindset as well. But I, you know, I expect Swanson to go get, get a shot. Uh, right now, Ozzy would have gone, but he's injured. He'll go along and, and put his knee on the scooter out there and watch and watch everybody else. Uh, Harper's going to be there on, with his hand wrapped up and stuff. So, yeah, I think we'll get a couple more guys. But with Machado and Arenado at third, Riley didn't really have a shot there. Jazz Chisholm's hurt at second base. I don't know who's going to play that if he doesn't it's going to be an interesting, th- interesting time. The all-star selection thing, since they let fans in, you can now vote 14,752 times. I just don't know how we can look at the selection and say these guys all ought to be there. The other side of that, so if the fans want to see them, they should be there. Well, yeah, okay. I, I hear that side, too. I just prefer a baseball game, but I guess it doesn't make any difference anymore.
1: I think Max Fried should get a nod as well. I don't know that he gets to start. I everybody seems to be gathering momentum for Al, Alcantara from Miami to to start for the National League. It seems, but Freed and his uh, performance certainly probably merits at least strong consideration, maybe even beyond right. I don't know, but we'll. I think I think, we'll see I, think uh,
0: I think Gonsolin's going to start. It's in it's in L.A. and his numbers are better than Alcantara's right now. And I think I think Gonsolin, barring an injury or pitching on Sunday, I think Gonsolin will start.
1: Yeah, that's going to be an interesting uh, call there. Uh, as far as the, how the Braves are lined up uh, the rotation-wise uh, going into that All-Star break, barring anybody coming in to give these guys maybe a, an extra day off over the next week. And, and remember, they are in the midst of a 20-game-in-a-row s- session here, so it wouldn't be surprising if somebody got a blow one day. Max Freed is set up to pitch on Saturday before the All-Star break. Strider on Sunday, by the way. So by the time the All-Star game itself comes around that next Tuesday, that'd probably be roughly uh, Freed's bullpen day. So that that would line up reasonably well for him, I would think, to, to maybe yeah. do an inning or so. Uh, Wright pitches two days before that on the Thursday before, so he'd have plenty of rest if they want to use him for that role. That's how the Braves line up in any case, so I don't see any real impediment to putting either or both those guys in in the list. But yeah, we'll see. They tend to spread that around a little bit, and we'll just have to see how it goes. I, I would imagine you'd probably have guys like Scherzer and 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 such in there, maybe Wainwright too, uh, given their pedigrees. But that's that's the thing right now for the All Star game. I, what I really want to talk about today is the Rookie of the Year race. We had early on a lot of talk about uh, Mackenzie Gore of the Padres, and right now he's getting boat raced. <laughs> yeah, and he's getting boat raced by Spencer Strider. If you look at both those guys side by side, they're almost identical number of innings at this point, sixty-five. Strider's only had eight starts, Gore's had twelve now. But uh, if you want to just look at the WAR number, the the Fangraphs WAR. Now, granted, that's heavily influenced by strikeouts, but Strider's at 2.3 at this point. I think then that's after his start last night against St. Louis. Gore is at 1.2, almost half of what Strider has done there. That's not even close. But as it turns out, the Braves, of course, have two strong rookie of the year candidates, the other one being Michael Harris II. While he has an F4 of uh, 1.6 at this point, that's only after 38 games. A lot less than, you know, the full season of, of 82 or 83, whatever we're at right now. No. Since this is cumulative, that's gonna continue to, to rise assuming he keeps doing the job he's doing. My question is, can a, well, I've got two questions here. One is, can a pitcher really win the Rookie of the Year award? And second question is going to be, which one is more deserving right now, Strider or Harris? And, of course, there's a lot of qualifications to that. Strider is going to be probably uh, have his innings mitigated a little bit as we go along. And it's simply because of the workload. He's only had 94 innings in his professional career, and those weren't at the major league level last year. As I say, he's at 65 now. He's got 30 more to go to get to that that uh, magic number of road he's never taken before. But he's still probably going to be good for another uh, 30 innings beyond that, I would say. The trick is how the Braves want to manage it. And obviously, uh, assuming they believe they're going to be in the postseason, they would rather have him available full strength in the postseason. So it's going to be curious to see how they do that, but that may affect his Rookie of the Year candidacy. The other aspect is looking at the history. The last 22 years, since the year 2000, 22, se- 22 seasons have elapsed. There have been six pitchers uh, named Rookie of the Year in the National League, six pitchers in the American League, which means you got a lot more position players that have been named. Um, among those who have been named as uh, Rookie of the Year on pitching in the National League, you've got guys like Jacob deGrom, Jose Fernandez, and Craig Kimbrell. You may have heard of those guys. So with all that in mind here as context, does Strider really have a shot at this Rookie of the Year? And who, who would be most valuable, pitcher of pitchers every fifth day or a position player? What do you think, Fred?
0: Well, I mean... It really depends again on how they use Strider. If Strider goes off, he goes out and goes off, and he continues. If he strikes out 12 men a game for for 12 more starts, um, I, yeah, he's going to win it because he's going to be up there with the most strikeouts. Uh, he's, uh, I saw you know Saris posted last night or tweeted last night while Strider was on the mound that uh, his his stuff plus rating is 135. Uh, now that includes his um, his uh, time as a reliever, and it's easier for relievers to get stuff plus ratings. So if you take out his reliever settings, he drops him all the way down to 130, which puts him first in the National League. Okay? So
1: 100 is average, right?
0: Uh, well, 130 uh, in in stuff plus, yes, 100 above 100 is is the stuff. Okay. Yeah, uh, depend. There's several systems out there, but when Saris is talking about 130, he's talking about the pitcher with the best stuff plus in the National League. I haven't seen where Gore is rated on that, but I know that if you're ahead of Scherzer and Alcantara and all those guys, uh, Gore's probably not in the consideration on that. So if, if Strider goes off, if, if like Nick Green said last night, they don't care about his innings. I don't think his innings are a problem. And I sort of see that he's a, he's a Nolan Ryan kind of guy pitches with his legs like most pitchers should. And, yes. uh, he's, he, there's less strain on his arm because he does that now. If he continues to go, if he makes, if he reaches 160 innings, 170 innings, and he's struck out 225 people, yeah, he's going to get the, he's going to, he's going to get the rookie of the year and he may be in competition for the Cy Young. On the other hand, without Mikey, the Braves are in real trouble. I, and I say that, I know that Strider's pitching has been important to the Braves and he's, he's been the, he's been a guy, but you know, (laughs) uh, you, you have, you got Wright and Freed out there and Morton. Uh, and so, well, I don't want this taken the wrong way because I love both these guys. But if I'm picking between the two, it's Mikey. Okay. And the reason for that is exactly what he's been doing out of the nine hole, uh, and the outfield. He's just such an all around player. He steals bases. He takes the ball. He hits the ball where it's pitched. He doesn't try to drive every ball out of the ballpark. For me, it's Mikey. And, you uh, know, I used to I say Mikey with great love. Don't beat me up, Mike. OK, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I say Mikey with great love because, boy, this kid is such a talent and he's such a humble guy uh, and he goes out and he plays hard. And he for me, he's he's the guy between the two. Now, what might happen is they might split the vote and let somebody else win it. But uh, for me, it's it, it's Harris. And then uh, behind him is, is Strider, and and you know, I can't see Gore beating either one of those guys. But uh, I don't know what I don't know how they're going to vote out there. There was an article in about a half a dozen papers that I tweeted out earlier this week that said that uh, Michael Harris had placed himself in front. He's the odds-on favorite to become Rookie of the Year or a Rookie of the Year award, uh, and uh, and that, so I agree with that simply because of what he does uh, in every game. In, in every game, every day, he goes out and does it, and uh, I, I I think wins it.
1: And as you're saying that, he just ran about a quarter mile to chase down a ball and that's the center field wall, or a right center wall, and <laughs> actually ended up coasting a little bit <laughs> at the end to make the timing work. But uh, he, I I swear he did about a hundred feet to to get that, and and definitely if he doesn't get it, Acuna doesn't either. So. Uh, that was that was a heck of a catch, and he continues to do stuff like that and and save runs that way. So, yeah, I, I think I'm with you as well. I, in general, I take position players because they play every day over pitchers who are uh, every fifth day. But it is really hard to ignore what uh, Strider is doing. His strikeout rate is tops in the majors. And let me check here, see if he's tops in the majors. Period. So with pitchers with at least 40 innings, the guy leading the pack is Spencer Strider, 14 Ks per 9. Next is Dylan C, set 13. Shohei Otani, oddly enough, uh, 12.3. So really love what, uh, I've been seeing out of Strider, like, like say he had sort of had us mesmerized last night and forgot all about doing a podcast, (laughs) but it's still one of those deals where you got to pick somebody and the Braves are blessed to have two people who are top rookie of the year candidates and may finish one too. Probably should. Let's move on now to the the matters of the end of July. Two things, the draft and then the trade deadline. I'm not sure which we want to do first, but, um, Oh let's just say the draft, because it shows up earlier, starting the 17th, and all-star week. We're a week away and a half from that. I was just reviewing some mock drafts today. This tells you all you need to know about the MLB draft. These mock drafts are all over the board. The one from MLB.com with Jim Callis running it has Connor Prelip from Alabama going to the Braves. The one from Baseball America, their fifth edition, has Cade Horton going to the Braves. Both are pitchers. The one from Keith Law and the the Athletic has Sterling Thompson, a second baseman slash outfielder from the University of Florida, going to the Braves. Frankly, of the three, I think that one's the least likely and it's not even close but uh, then again, Keith Law is usually uh, an outlier on a lot of these things. So uh, personally, if I'm doing it, I'm looking at a, at a hitter, somebody like Chase DeLauder from James Madison, who's a big boy who's got power, he's got skills, he can play any position in the outfield, he's got speed, and I, I think he could, uh, turn into a, uh, sort of a, Aaron Judge kind of hitter. He's six foot four or six foot three. I think he's six four. Certainly very good with a wood bat as he showed in the Cape Cod League. But uh, again, this is a, a deal where you you're relying entirely on uh, on the evaluations of whatever your team believes that they need and whatever they see uh, during their scouting trips, and that could be anywhere on r- along the board. I will say this, uh Cade Horton of Oklahoma certainly has increased the size of his wallet to be probably by at least a million, if not more, because suddenly in the College World Series, he popped out a slider that didn't seem to exist before, and he got excellent results out of it. Uh, suddenly, everybody's taking more interest in him, so I don't even know that he's going to be available at the slot 20. But uh, hmm. that, that's what I got. Fred, what do you got?
0: Well, uh, the latest athletic, uh, as a whole, from uh, Rex Road uh, shows that uh, the guy that uh, Law picked is going at 24 to the Red Sox. Uh, Rex Road's got uh, Brandon Barrera, uh, left-handed pitcher out of uh, American Heritage High School in Plantation, Florida, going to him and because, and his rationale is, well, they traded a couple of pitchers away, and uh, to get Olson and them, By gosh, they'll need pitchers back. Well, they do. I agree. Uh, it's just. I don't think that, having looked at all this stuff and read stuff and listened to guys talk about it, the consensus I see here is that if you don't get one of the top eight or ten guys or Kumar Rocker, then you can get any of these guys or the equivalent in the second round. For me, that says, well, let's look at something that may be undervalued. And there was an interesting interesting post in the athletic um uh, by I'm sorry this is by Joe Rexroad who said that uh, maybe and you it's funny you said you said uh, uh, an Aaron Judge kind of guy and this Spencer Jones out of Vandy is is that guy he is an outlier athlete he's in the top one percent of athletes uh, he was a pitcher. He he blew away. He blew out his elbow. He broke his elbow. Then he blew out his arm. So he said, "Well, I don't think I'm supposed to pitch. Maybe I should stick to hitting the outfield." And at the uh, draft combine in San Diego last month, he averaged averaged 103.6 miles an hour off the off the bat in 10 swings, which is a which is a pretty good average. He's also fast, extremely fast. He he can stake up center field in the major leagues. He can play either corner outfield in the major leagues. And they did some uh, this this article by a retro is very interesting um on the on the guy. They said that he reminds the a couple of coaches that they remind uh, Jones reminds him them of Aaron Judge when he was young, except he's faster. If you can get him 20, first of all you're going to get him underslot. And secondly, you're going to get a player who can play anywhere in the outfield who's going to hit you 35, 45 home runs a year, run down everything in the outfield. And boy, it sure seems to me that that's better than a lottery ticket high school pitcher who may who may actually want to go to Vanderbilt and make you pay him a boatload of money to convince him otherwise, and then you've got a high school pitcher you're waiting on for five years. I just think that this kind of bat, Uh, is something that the Braves don't have in the system. And, boy, a guy that can hit you 40 home runs and steal 30 bases would be kind of helpful, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, you talked about uh, (laughs) Barrera. I can't have the high school pitcher, Brandon. Uh,
0: Yeah, him. yeah. Yeah, that's the guy.
1: Yeah, he's a lefty, which is, you know, a plus. Baseball America describes him as having an electric left hand. But if you take him, I don't think you can get him for less than probably four million bucks. And the Braves, uh, slot value is 3.4. Baseball America's latest mock has him going to the Phillies three slots earlier. They, they have a 3.8 million slot. And 6.3 million total pool. I the Braves have eight million to spend, and the the reason they have extra is because they get a compensation pick along the way. But I don't know that they want to waste it that way. The, they've been you know, going after college kids lately, college pitchers, in particular. I think uh, a college bat makes reasonably good sense here for all the reasons you said, especially you know we've been as we've been saying here less couple times we discussed it this is a hitters draft it's not a pitcher's draft and if you're going to get pitchers you might as well do them in the second round or beyond so i like one of those guys as a a hitter whether it's uh spencer jones or if it's chase the i i don't know i i bet one of those guys is going to be gone by the time slot 20 comes around but if they can get one of those guys i think they'll be doing good but um otherwise yeah if you're going to Take a high school pitcher like that. You better be really sure of what you're, what you're doing and that he'd accept your, your offer. Cause I, I don't think that's going to really happen in, in the case of Berea. He's from Florida, might be, uh, amenable to something offered from the Braves, but, uh, we don't know that unless they've been talking to him. So again, I, th- I think it's more of a hitter's kind of a thing and I think a hitter should be taken. Like I say, the funny part is looking at all these mock drafts and where people are ranked or where they they might be taken. I've I've seen guys like uh, Connor at the Alabama kid, as high as about tenth and as low as not even in the first round. Kumar Rocker, the same kind of thing. Uh, and it's all about what your evaluation of these guys is. And some, some days you just go see them and you can't see the prospect in a, in a good light. And you have to go sometimes with what you see and, and not what you hear. So while there's video everywhere of these guys now and you can do a lot of scouting off that, it's still a crapshoot. Uh, so I think the Braves have been going for the more sure things and that's, that's what, uh, you get out of college kids more often that has helped the process. I I think you got Spencer Strider in the fourth round for crying out loud. So if you can continue to do good things with your scouting and you trust your scouting, then regardless who it is, I'm going with the Braves and how they do business.
0: Got a tweet across, a thing or fly across here that said, "Oh, by the way, this, this, uh, there's this Mets pitcher named Degrom. And he pitched three innings in a rehab start tonight through through 36 pitches, struck struck out six in three innings, and hit 101 twice. Uh, so nothing new, nothing new there. No, nope, absolutely nothing new there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, another,
1: good rookie, uh, oh, rather, right, another good rookie of the Year candidate. Oh, yes, that's I right, another another
0: good Rookie of the Year candidate. Yeah, that's right. He won uh, it in
1: 2014. Uh, yeah, he did." <laughs> While while you mentioned his name, a, a bizarre rumor came up uh, from Buster Olney. I know it's Buster Olney last weekend that Degrom's going to opt out, and if he opts out, then odds-on favorites to land him would be Atlanta. And I want to, yeah, I want to talk about that real quick because number one, he'd be giving up a bunch of money from the from the Braves or for sorry from the Mets uh, to do the opt out. And I'm not real sure at his age whether he really can afford to do that. Is he going to get 30 million from somebody else, 35 million from somebody else? Maybe, but it's not coming from Atlanta. The biggest contract the Braves have ever given is $23 million. That was a one year deal to Josh Donaldson. For anybody else, it's 22 million. Freddie Freeman got that. Matt Olson's going to get that in the next couple of years. That's it. That's, that's the limit they've done. And I don't know if, uh, that, uh, is sort of a uh, corporate policy or wishful thinking or whatever, but getting Jacob Grom is nice. But unless he's willing to take numbers in the mid twenties or something like that, I don't think that the Braves got a shot.
0: No, I mean, he's, he, he's getting, he's getting 37.5 this year. And then next year he gets 34.5. And then 2024, he goes all the way down to 32.5. And then he's going to want Scherzer kind of years and Scherzer kind of money. That is because he's he's a Scherzer kind of pitcher. He does it a little different. And I just don't see Cohen with his his billions of dollars and his willingness to throw it down the drain, you know, because he doesn't care about the tax. He doesn't care about any of that. He's already said that. He'll pay that. It's not a problem for him. And so uh, first of all, I think I think if Buster's eyes aren't brown, he's a court low. and <laughs> and I think I, I just I think it was clickbait. and I, I think that the Grom is going to be in New York un- unless somebody shoots Cohen and takes over the club and refuses to spend uh, because I think he may may renegotiate the contract. I, I think he may want to extend it for like five years at you know 38, 39 million. And if Cohen's the guy he says he is, he's going to do that. And the reason he's going to do that is because he doesn't care. He's like he's the old Steinbrenner guy. I got this money. I'm not like some of these guys. All my money is not in paper. I have the money, so I'm just going to do this and uh, and see what it comes up with. I don't know. I don't know who had that who that feeling that uh, told Gutbuster that. But I I'm really really sure it was gas. And he should probably <laughs> takes. He should probably take some pepto bismol and get over that because I, that that ain't happening.
1: Degrom is 34 years old. He turned 34 three weeks ago, but he comes with some risk. In 2020, well, excuse me, I'm never mind. Forget that year. In 2021, he only threw 92 innings, and he basically hasn't thrown well. He hasn't thrown anything this year at all. So while he is doing well in his rehab and hopefully he can come back, we'd love to see the best players in the game play the game. There is some risk there. Uh, He did 200 innings three years in a row, 2017, 18, and 19. Good deal. 2016 saw him at 148, so he had a, a minor hiccup in there. but. He's not necessarily the kind of workhorse that we talk about with uh, guys like Nolan Ryan or Justin Verlander or Adam Wainwright. I don't know that uh, you can price him at the elite level given uh, his recent injury history. And that's why I'm not sure that he's going to opt out at all because I'm not sure that he's going to get more from anybody else. But we're just going to have to wait and see that out. But again, I don't think the Braves are in that. So,
0: no, they're yeah. not in it. Put, he, put that he, out of your a, mind. Hmm. He's a late, he's a late bloomer anyway. I mean, he didn't, he he didn't come to the majors until 2014, he was what 27 at the time, 27, 26, yep. and Something and like so that. so he didn't have a lot of innings under his arm on his arm before that, uh, and you know, he's got less innings on his arm than most most pitchers have. Uh, 30 years old, 31 years old, who've been in the Major Leagues seven, eight years. Uh, so I, I just, I'm not worried so much about innings. Um, and I just, uh, you know, unless it's a shoulder thing, I I don't see him being an is- issue. But I do I do think that uh, the Mets will give him a tack on another three or four years at $35 billion or so each because Colin's running them. The Braves aren't in this, Cubs aren't in Marlins aren't in this, the Yankees ain't even in this. Okay, Uh, this is this is uh, Big Rom uh, and the Mets, and it's just how much you're going to give me for how long and whether I'll take it.
1: Yep. Well, that does dovetail into something else though, which is the trade deadline and how the Braves should handle pitching. It's getting a little bit more interesting right now because the pitching is starting to break down. Guys who are uh, obvious trade targets are starting to break down, and it's. It's going to shrink what's already a seller's market uh, on the on the pitching side, and I'm not sure that uh, the Braves are going to be able to get anything that they really want to use anyhow. Uh, the way this is going, but you had some thoughts about some guys, I think, and and I want to uh, hear what you got to say.
0: Well, I mean. First of all, the Braves are never going to be in on the high end guys anyway. If the Braves go after somebody and that's a starter, it's going to be somebody who's going to swallow some innings, take the load off of, uh, Anderson and Strider, uh, as we go down the, get, come down towards the end of the year. So that they're fresh going into the, into the postseason. And, uh, I know that everybody believes that Strider's going to go 180 innings and, you know, be, be healthy as a horse and God bless him. I hope he does. I, I really do. Uh, but, uh, you know, the most he's ever thrown was 96 innings. And that was last year. And before that, he'd never thrown more than 60. Uh, and he's had the Tommy John. Now he, he does pitch for these legs. That is a benefit for him. But I think they would like somebody who could come in and give them five or six innings toward, till the end of the year. Uh, not a long-term kind of investment guy. Somebody like, uh, uh, Mark Perez in Texas. Who's been doing really well down there this year having to break out 30 odd thirty one or thirty two year old guy having to have a year down there uh walk here at the end of the year I've heard um heard rumblings at Texas may want to extend him because he's that guy in other words he is he's the kind of guy you want to have on your team uh for the young kids around there and you know that I could see that happening I can also say them saying look we're we're going to trade you but we want you back so when the season's over give us a call we're going to figure something out for you you know, if it's going to be somebody like that, it's going to be somebody like Zach Davis or 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 uh, Perez or some of them guys. That's the back end, back end of the rotation guys who go out and give you five or six innings to keep you in the game. Now maybe they don't do that. Maybe they rely on Mueller, who's who's getting better and and having a having a pretty good pretty good time down in Triple A right now. If he if, he's, if he comes up and he doesn't walk people, then his stuff plays. I don't know how long it's going to take him to do that. I wouldn't like to put him into the gun to do that. Uh, but we may not have a, have a, have anything else going on. My biggest concern is I I want a right-handed power arm for the bullpen. I love Jesse Chavez, yeah, great guy. I like you, Jesse. I don't want you in the eighth inning. And Darren O'Day's eighty-three mile an hour fastball is not something I want to see the Dodgers and Mookie Betts looking at. I want us to get somebody that you can go out there who's going to in the postseason power wins. We know that power arms are good in the postseason. I'd like to get Seawald from Seattle. Uh, or uh, somebody like that, Matt Moore from Texas is great. He does not a power arm, but he's but he has been closing for him, and uh, he's got three pitches, and he pitches like a starter in the late innings, and does does really well. He get a lot of strikeouts, ground balls. Uh, somebody like that, Scott Efrost from from Chicago. Somebody that's going to throw uh, throw strikes, get right-handed batters out, uh, good right-handed batters out. Uh, without uh, worrying about, it. I've got to pitch off the edge of the plate. I've got to pitch off the edge of the plate uh, so that um, goldsmith doesn't get a hold of my fastball because, you know, that's what happened to Jesse last night. Uh, he got out of the trouble, but uh, still, uh, I just don't like him being the eighth. Maybe maybe Kirby Yates comes back and he's he's all that and a, and a, and a bag of popcorn to watch him. But uh, still, I want a power arm for the bullpen. I'd like to get a starter. Um, that's going to take those innings off of us and let everybody relax, take a breather uh, as we lead up to the postseason that I hope we're in uh, with a bye in the first round.
1: Yeah, Power Arm would be good. Uh, I'm, I'm just, we've got this great bullpen, but I'm not sure they've been performing that well in the last couple, three weeks. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll have Kendall Jansen back here shortly, but, uh, even he hasn't been the shutdown guy that we've been used to lately. Uh, Minter's had his hiccups. Will Smith has been kind of the Will Smith of last year, mostly. And when you got him following guys like Spencer Strider, his balls look like they're almost set up on a tee to hit. So it, it, having a guy that can come back and, and give you upper 90s stuff from the right side would would certainly help. I know everybody keeps thinking, hey, we're going to get Mike Soroka back. Hey, we're going to get uh, Kirby Yates back. Well, okay, here we are. This This is being recorded on July 8th. And neither of those guys have started their 30-day rehab period yet. So we we don't even know what's going to happen with those guys. And here we are one, two, three and a half weeks from the trade deadline. I don't know that the Braves are going to know what they have of, uh, of those guys, even if they thought they wanted to rely on them. So at this point, they've got no information about those relievers, about uh, Kirby Yates. they got no information about Mike Soroka. And if they really want to make sure that things are shored up and that they've got enough insurance policies to get them to the postseason, they're going to have to do something at the trade deadline. You know, while we were talking up guys like Merrill Kelly last week and and a few secondary starters like that, I think the competition for those kind of guys is only getting uh, more fierce as we go along because – Some of the guys like Frankie Montas had a little uh, medical hiccup uh, last week. I don't know if he's going to be able to prove that he's entirely whole before the trade deadline. You've got things like that going on, and you've got a really thin starting pitching market that's out there, and I don't know that the Braves are going to be able to compete against hardly anybody who needs starting pitching, which is essentially every playoff team. So you've got all that going against you and the Braves may have to just settle for a second or third best here at at, at the most.
0: We don't need to go out and sign a the next Craig Kimbrel or Shohei Otani or we or a Pablo Lopez out there. But what we ne- what we need to do is find somebody who can we can send out there with a reasonable uh, uh, confidence of success in the 7th and 8th inning whose name isn't Smith. We know that like I said in the postseason power plays so let's let's talk about power, and then that's the stuff. And we don't have that guy right now. I wish we did. I wish we had had somebody who. I wish Victor Vodnik didn't walk people, okay? Because Vodnik's has got a sixty fastball, I, I, you know. But right now, I want somebody who's been there and done that.
1: Yeah, and I, there's just not those guys that that are out there available in the market. Again, what you need is somebody to bridge you to the postseason. When when it comes to when it comes to the starting rotation, once you get to the postseason, you've got Freed, you got Morton, you got Wright, and you probably got Ian Anderson in some form or another. That's enough. Now you got to take care of the bullpen, but you got to get to the postseason, and that and if you end up having to limit uh, Strider's innings. Then maybe he comes, becomes the power arm of the bullpen or something like that. But you've got to, to get there and still have a fifth starter who's going to at least give you time, give you innings and keep your team in the ball game. You don't need anything else other than that right now. Do that, get some sort of a bat from the left side and call it a day and we'll, we'll see how that, how it transpires. But, uh, I have a hunch that, uh, the last two weeks after the all-star break, are going to be pretty busy in the trade market, and I think we're going to see some prices paid for some of these guys that are are kind of crazy in some cases. This is a a pool that the Praves really can't play in very deeply, so we're just going to have to see what they come up with and and trust the system, trust that the front office uh, knows what they're doing. Just going to see if there's anything else that you had in mind before we get out of here, because it's I mean, it's really stifling out here, and the mosquitoes are starting to bite, and And, and I'm uncomfortable. Yeah, and and it's cold.
0: Okay, okay, then. I I got nothing, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Let's get inside before these mosquitoes carry me away, okay?
1: Sounds good. Well, that will take us uh, off the front porch today, I think. Uh, so please do us a favor of checking out our writing efforts at TomahawkTick.com and uh, let us know what you think about our thoughts on the Atlanta Braves. But for now, this is Off Leo's Rocker. Fred and I do thank you for hearing out these two grumpy old men. Off Leo's Rocker is a podcast presentation for the fans of the Atlanta Braves. It's brought to you from TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, the latter of which is a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants, since Minute Media maintains plausible deniability for everything we're doing. In other words, they don't listen to us. All rights reserved. All of the musical selections used in this episode come via rights purchased by TomahawkTake.com. So, I guess we can't really afford to get out to the Waffle House tonight, is that right? But thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. At this exact moment in time, our Braves have closed the gap between first and second places down to one and a half games. And it's now Mets week. So, if the front porch hasn't been properly swept off... Sorry about that, but we're watching baseball this week. We'll talk with you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done.